0: All right, we are back. Let's do a little follow-up item on last week's program. We mentioned how the uh, citizens of Graz, Austria, were facing uh, having their soccer stadium renamed simply Stadion Graz. And it is now uh, it is now just that. Arnold Schwarzenegger's name has been removed, per the governor's order. The Graz Town Council had been horrified that Schwarzenegger had rejected pleas to spare the life of Stanley Tookie Williams, former leader of the Crips gang. Uh, when Schwarzenegger declined to commute his uh, death penalty, the reaction was swif- swift and angry in Graz, according to New York Times, and uh, like most places in Europe, uh, they see the death penalty as a medieval atrocity. The Green Party was petitioning to have uh, Schwarzenegger's name removed, but uh, they were preempted by a strike from the governor that uh, was, you know, didn't want to have them second-guessing his decisions as governor here in California and said, Take my name off. I demand, in fact, that you do so. Well, it's now a done deal. I would also like to cite Jill Stewart's column from the Sacramento News and Review about this issue of uh, Tookie Williams, specifically about his being allegedly nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Stewart wrote, I certainly got duped by breathless media accounts of the Nobel Prize nominee. I couldn't figure it out till I saw something in the online blog of attorney Eugene Volokh at www.volokh.com. Volokh, a friend of mine, is Gary T. Schwartz, professor of law at UCLA Law School, an honor that actually means something. As he wrote, any social science, history, philosophy, law theology professor, judge, or legislator in any country, plus a few others, can nominate anyone for a Nobel Peace Prize. Past nominees include Hitler, Stalin, and Molotov. Hundreds of thousands of people are permitted to nominate anyone they wish for the Nobel Peace Prize. Stewart noted that KFI talk radio host Bill Handel recently got himself nominated for a Nobel Prize for no good reason. Stewart noted that uh, one European journalist had uh, wrote glowingly for the Associated Press that Williams, quote, never wavered from his claim of innocence and refused to confess to crimes he did not commit, unquote, causing Stewart to say, well, it's nice to see the AP absolving a multiple murderer of crimes he, he, quote, did not commit, unquote. Anyway, on a much Much happier note, I would like to cite Via magazine. If you're a AAA member, and and it turns out I am, you get sent this uh, glossy publication about how you can drive your butt all over California and the nation and see all these sites. And and, uh, they do occasionally have good articles. One of them, uh, by Melissa Barnes, the February plus January issue, notes that one place people may wish to drive is Davis. To quote from the article, Located in the Central Valley, about 15 miles west of Sacramento, Davis was known for years as a farm town with a top-notch ag school and winemaker program, a reputation that did nothing to lure visitors. But the University of California, Davis, with its nearly 30,000 students, has become an academic powerhouse in other fields, including art. Seminal figures in contemporary California art such as Wayne Thebald, Roy DeForest, Robert Arneson, and Manuel Neri have taught there. All these big names create a spillover effect. There's now a lively museum and gallery scene and loads of public art. The article suggests that people might wish to pick up a free gallery guide, which is available at galleries or the Visitor's Bureau. Uh, They note that Davis has embraced a wide range of work. There's paintings and sculpture by well-known artists at Nesoulis, the Pence Gallery, and the Richard L. Nelson Gallery. And for public art, uh, they suggest that you don't miss Arneson's Egghead series, which are five large Humpty Dumpty sculptures on the UC campus. The article closes noting that uh, not all the beauty in and around Davis is made by artists and musicians. In the university's 96-acre Arboretum, more than 4,000 kinds of trees and plants flourish in 18 different gardens and collections. Outside of town, the Vic Fazio Yolo Wildlife Area attracts some 200 species of birds. Guided tours are offered during the annual Duck Days event in February. They note that it's an impressive show and a lovely compliment to the human productions in Davis' galleries, theaters, and concert venues. Kind of a nice plug. And I noted also, uh, Newsweek magazine a couple weeks back had an article about college papers growing up. They say they have the ads, the readers, and the budgets to match. They note how the Daily Pennsylvanian, the student newspaper at the University of Pennsylvania, uh, deploys a staff of 200 reporters and photographers and sometimes flies them across the country if necessary to uh, produce the student newspaper. And speaking of student newspapers, of course, our own California Aggie is located right down the hall, and I thought what I would do uh, on this, um, this holiday program is to re-air one of our favorite segments of 2005, the walk we took down the hallway here in Lower Freeborn to visit some of our colleagues, and so we will air that after taking a break in a couple of minutes. But in the minutes that remain, I think I'd like to just uh, cite some, um, some science articles of the past year. The December 3rd issue of New Scientist uh, does a further diagram showing how as the ice melts in the Northern Hemisphere, we may see a, uh, a deviation of the Gulf Stream, which is going to have some very serious consequences for Europe. It did note in the article that they haven't seen temperatures dropping off yet, and uh, there is some hope that this can be avoided, because when it did happen uh, 12,000 years ago, temperatures dropped Five to 10 degrees centigrade in Western Europe. I think Americans being geographically challenged uh, don't know that London, uh, England, is about on the same latitude as uh, Edmonton, Alberta, and if the, uh, the Gulf Stream shuts down, it's going to be about as cold as Edmonton, Alberta. We're going to talk more about uh, global warming in 2006, but I was quite taken by an article in uh, California Wild, the publication of the, um, the, the Academy of Sciences, which you may have visited in Golden Gate Park, the Planetarium, the Steinhardt Aquarium, etc. Uh, their magazine has an article on the curse of Cape Ivy, which I did not know about. Apparently all over the west coast of, uh, of the United States, Cape Ivy, native to South Africa, is clamoring over forests and wiping out the native vegetation. The article quotes uh, Jake Sig of the California Native Plant Society, uh, uh, noting that at the rate this stuff is reproducing itself without, uh, without pests that, that feed on it, that there may be no native plants left along the California coast. This has led Joe Balciunas, a research entomologist with the Agricultural Research Service, to go to South Africa, find out what insects land on this plant, what insects eat this plant, which ones will rather starve than eat anything else, and therefore would be the plants that they need to be introduced into the native environment here to wipe this stuff out? They note in the article that in the past, uh, insects have never been proven to be um, a subsequent problem when they were brought in to wipe out species. Uh, the examples given are Klamath weed in the United States and uh, the terrible situation they had in Australia when. Cactus just about took the country over until they brought over some caterpillars that like to eat cactus. Vertebrate species, such as the mongoose in Hawaii, have notoriously backfired on people when they tried to introduce them. But the insects have been uh, been pretty successful in the past. But they said it takes a while to really be sure about which one you want to bring and introduce. But um, I just love this kind of stuff. Science in action. You know, it's like saving people from the tsunami, when you uh, when you knew a little a little bit of valuable information and uh, good news from the item the island of Mauritius off the east coast of Madagascar in the Indian Ocean they found uh, the skeletons of of uh, twenty dodo birds seven hundred bones they've got some complete skeletons now for the first time. And uh, who knows, they might even be able to retrieve some of the DNA from these bones and maybe, maybe bring the dodo back, a real live uh, version of Jurassic Park. Wouldn't that be interesting? All right, scientists uh, in Europe and in the United States are quite, uh, quite excited by what we're learning uh, out in space. Um, uh, the Europeans are, have some missions to Mars, producing some great photographs. And the Cassini mission, operating out of JPL, is uh, giving us all kinds of fascinating news about Saturn's moons, and of course Titan, the probably the one in, in many ways the, one of the most Earth-like places in the solar system, is due for another visit from Cassini in the uh, in the immediate future. we're going to report on that when the news breaks, because we just can't get enough of that kind of stuff. Let's take a short break and come back, air again, one of our favorite segments, uh, uh, our visit with Daniel Stone of the California Aggie. Stay tuned for that. This is Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett, and you're listening to KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. And yes, I think we're the only show that adds Sacramento to the Davis title, but you know, I think we probably have as many listeners in the capital as we do right here in our hometown, so That's why we say it that way.